0: Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and I am excited for today's show. Joining me from Colorado is a very special guest and one of my co-authors in the now- Available in paperback and ebook compilation, Breakdown to Wake Up Journey Beyond the Now. It's my pleasure today to welcome Jeff Lawton to the show. Jeff is an internationally in demand relationship coach, known as Your Relationship Architect. The author of the internationally best selling books, Instant Insights on Building a Conflict Proof Relationship and Built to Last designing and maintaining a loving, lasting, and passionate relationship. And is a co-author of two other books. He's been guiding couples and individuals in designing and building the authentic relationships and lives they truly desire for 24 years. He's also an innovator in supporting men from all over the world in living more authentic lives of purpose through his global men's community, The Evolving Man leading groups and coaching men ready to take their life game up to the next level. Inspired by his marriage of 38 years, Jeff coaches people in how to go beyond the settling that so many people accept with the relationships and lives to create a life that matches their fully authentic selves. This is wonderful, a lot to unpack here. And again, Jeff is one of my co-authors in Breakdown to Wake Up, Journey Beyond the Now. Jeff, welcome to Decide to Transform.
1: Thank you, Tamach. Great to be here. I appreciate the invitation.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. There's so much to unpack here, because you have been a relationship coach and relationship architect, which is a term that I'm very interested in, for Mm -hmm. 24 years, in addition to your work with men and in addition to your chapter, in the compilation breakdown to wake up where incidentally listeners we all went very very deep on deep personal growth and transformation stories it's a very revealing process so jeff relationship coaching has been your thing for over two Mm -hmm. decades Mm -hmm. so uh,
1: how did that how did that
0: begin for you how did you get attracted into that
1: well it I had already been coaching, let's see, for uh, probably about five, six years after leaving a corporate career. Okay. And <clears throat> I had a client who suggested to her mom and dad that they should talk to me. Mm. And at that time so this would have been probably about 18 years ago, Um, her mom and dad contacted me. And at that time, they'd been together for, I think, 34 years. And the mom was, you know, one foot out the door. And so they came out to where I lived and spent four days with me. And in the over that four-day period, um, we really reinvented their whole relationship and did an enormous amount of healing. And they left feeling re re-energized, back in love with each other, like in love with each other, and you know at that point i was too naive or stupid to go oh well i'm not i'm not really a relationship coach but back then i don't even know that there were relationship coaches by that title Mm -hmm. and um after i got to work with them and saw how powerful it was combined with the fact that my marriage had at that point already been through some big challenges of its own and i really i've always known that my wife and i are really fortunate and i think we got brought together by the divine and we've always seen our relationship as part of our spiritual work and path yeah and so putting those two things together like this was really fun and what came for me for that couple um, was really powerful and effective so add that to wanting other people to be able to have an opportunity to have the kind of imperfectly perfect relationship that my wife and i have it you know and and it didn't hurt either that more couples actually started finding me okay so i hadn't even relationship your relationship architect didn't exist back then um i wasn't thinking to make that my main niche it just evolved that way
0: Mm -hmm. okay yeah it sounds very organic so approximately in terms of of time frame what what year were we looking when people began to come to you
1: well for relationship work it would have been um probably about 2004 Mm. okay and i started coaching in 1996 so okay yeah, little gap where I was doing general life coaching, and then the relationship thing. Just, and and I also still do non-relationship coaching, mm-hmm. but the relationship work is, in addition to the men's work, that's my favorite stuff to do, mm-hmm. because I also I'm very I have two grandchildren, and they're both girls and well young women now mm-hmm. and i really you know i've worked with so many people over the years yeah. on healing their family of origin wounding and so another reason i love relationship work is because as it is we're already leaving our children and grandchildren and their children with a pretty crappy reality here on this planet and um i'm pretty passionate about wanting to if i can help couples become better people that then make them better couples that then make them better parents then you know my hope is i'm making some kind of difference for the future generations
0: absolutely there's so much um, so much energy in in what you just said with a relationship if it's healed and whole I mean you mentioned imperfectly perfect, perfect yeah. perfectly imperfect I think yeah perfectly yes yeah the way you said it <laughs> it's uh there's so much energy and, and you're absolutely correct it it extends throughout generations. And there's so much hurt in here um, in the world that goes to some of these wounds. Now you mentioned family of origin wounding and healing that. So for those listeners who may not be familiar with what that looks like, how, how do you work with people to heal those family of origin wounds?
1: Well, for a long time, about 17 years, I would do uh, workshops that were really about teaching people how to parent, or I should say, reparent their inner children. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I would help them connect to those inner children Um, teach them ways to be in ongoing dialogue with them, and to also be able to have a safe place for those young parts of themselves to get a bunch off their chest. Right. And help them see that a lot of the beliefs that all of us um, came up with about who we are and who we're not from our childhood and where we were wounded, um, helping them get to what the actual truth is. Uh, Right. And then that helps them begin to grow those inner children up and integrate them fully with their adult self.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, it's an interesting term to reparent your, inner child and, and there are people working in, in counseling and coaching and healing modalities on that. So it, yep. it's very interesting your your take on that because as you, as you know, people are all over the map in terms of how they approach it. Now, right. you and your wife are about to celebrate your 39th wedding anniversary in January. So mm-hmm. first of all, congratulations. That's amazing.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, time flies when you're getting real.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right.
1: That yeah. almost sounds and... like
0: the title of a show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's very good. That that might be my 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 future podcast. It could be. Um, yeah. It, it's. I mean, I I think relationship in general is one of the, if not the, best vehicle for growing oneself. And when I look back on nearly four decades together, um, it's pretty mind-boggling that that we've gone from me being in my early 20s and the kind of young man I was then, what I knew then about relationship, because I didn't really have any good models for it? Okay. Before you know, growing up, um, my parents' marriage was a mess, and oh, I see. so <laughs> I I didn't have any good models. And it's been pretty amazing to get to go from my twenties into my sixties, and we somehow have managed to keep up with each other. And my wife's older than I am, so. You know, I'm, I'm going into my early, well, I'll be 63 in a few weeks, and she's going to be 74 in a couple weeks. And um, even for that age difference and how young I was when I came into it, we've somehow managed to stay current we haven't ever one neither of us has outgrown the other. Okay. And I think that's really an important variable is you have to you have to go into relationship. If if you're in it for the long haul, you've got to continually be dedicated to growing Mm -hmm. because you change. You're both going to change anyway. Mm -hmm. And we just have always been proactive about, you know, kind of trying to be one step, pardon me, one step ahead of the curve. I love it. In growing. And that's part of why we've lasted so long in in a really good way because, you know, people can get impressed by a big number like 39 or 50 years. And, you know, I know plenty of people, including my parents, who were together for 50 years, and they Mm -hmm. really didn't like each other for 49 of them. Uh So, you know, duration Mm -hmm. could mean as much about your tendency towards masochism than it can about being healthy and Mm -hmm. thriving and all that. Yeah,
0: well, and I think so many people can can relate to, as you put it, and quite accurately uh, in my <laughs> experience, a tendency toward masochism. Now, uh, how uh, you mentioned staying current w- mm-hmm. in your relationship, so what has worked for you and your wife to help you all stay current?
1: <clears throat> well, um, I think it's been a combination of in terms of personal you know things we like and things that we've been interested in pursuing we've always had a blend of differences like her doing her thing me doing my thing but we've always brought back to each other you know what what we enjoyed or didn't enjoy about whatever different kinds of activities or learning Um, we both have done a lot of workshops together we um, when i really realized that i wanted to be on a spiritual path like owning it um, we did a lot of early exploration of different paths together and out of that came to see that you know, I have a path that resonates the most for me Mm -hmm. and it doesn't resonate for her. Okay, But she has her own path. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we explore different things, share about them. And we always have made sure that we found, you know, at least a few things at any given time that we like to learn about together.
0: Okay. Yeah, I love that. And that's very interesting that you two have different spiritual paths. And of, of course, since we're all about spirituality on this show, would would you mind saying more about that if you'd like to?
1: Sure. Um, well, my wife was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian.
0: Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: background when she was growing up and into her early 20s and i was raised in a very you know kind of stuffy episcopalian path um as a kid so um both of us found ourselves leaving she left her church i left my church okay Mm -hmm. and um you know, we in the early 90s, we both started exploring personal growth work and you know, things like Est and Landmark, now Landmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did all kinds of workshops. Then we did sure. inner child work. And in the inner child work, I became, I'd say, pretty connected to spirit in that work and realized that that was the work I really wanted to do with people back then. So <laughs> I created you know, a successful career doing that on top of the coaching. And so over the course of the years, I'd say my path has really been um, a combination of the extremely metaphysical Combined with um, a deep, deep, deep affinity for Native American spirituality. Oh,
0: okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'd say probably from my mid 50s on, I also started really gravitating towards East Indian spirituality okay. and Buddhism. And mm-hmm. um, this year, I actually declared myself a Buddhist and I oh, had okay. a teacher and a Sangha that I belong to here Fantastic. in Colorado. Okay. And my wife is more, you know, I think she has. I mean, what you grow up with, you never fully lose. So she doesn't have the fundamental bent. But I'd say my wife is more of a traditional, Christian-oriented um, prayer and meditation, and you know, she prays to God and that word has a meaning to her that's a bit different than me but they're close yeah right so i'm more of a mutt and she's been (laughs) more of a steady you know recovering christian
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you for taking us through that. I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Now, there are a number of them who, um, well, of course, most of them are from the West or Western traditions, Europe, the US and Canada, specifically, uh, and um, Australia and New Zealand. So that influence, and I think a lot of people can relate to the um, the sense of of seeking and searching and finding something else and taking from different traditions like you have from Indian, Native American and now Buddhism. And yeah, it's a wonderful illustration of how if people are determined to make a relationship work, really, there's really nothing that can stand in the way of that, it's really a decision. That people well, have to make.
1: definitely, yeah, I would, the only thing I'd add to that, mm-hmm. yes, it's a decision. Um, that's where commitment comes in handy. Yeah. You know, seriously taking commitment seriously, because we definitely have had periods in our marriage where if we didn't really value commitment, we wouldn't have made it. Sure. Um, Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, just really, really hard things that we both dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you have to make the choice and you have to learn the tools and distinctions around how to make it work, how you deal with conflict, how you communicate, what do you do when you're growing in different directions or one part what i run into a lot with my clients is you've got one partner who's totally been growing all along and the other one i'm good i don't need to grow i don't need anything more right and you know that'll kill a relationship ultimately um so you do have to you know i i always say love is not enough to yeah. keep a relationship together or to even make it a great relationship. It's just kind of the minimum requirement. And so there are a lot of things that, you know, you have to learn about how to do it well and how to be it well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned a lot of the, the hardships that you all have had, which I think in 39 years is inevitable. Now, when, when you wrote your chapter for Breakdown to Wake Up, Journey Beyond the Now, the book that I referenced at the top of the show here, would you mind telling us a little bit about what your chapter involves? Because these are all really, really profound and often heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching stories. So yeah, would you say a little bit more about your contribution? Thank you.
1: Yeah, I, you know, for those listening who haven't gotten the book yet, you know, the breakdown to wake up is such a perfect title because one thing I was taught a long, long time ago is that breakdowns, are always the prelude to breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And so in my chapter, you know, I, I looked at, okay, where was the time in my life where, you know, either it looked like my life was breaking down and or I was. And in, in my case, they coincided. Sure. So <laughs> I really wrote about two periods of my life that were about six years apart and the first thing I wrote about was when I realized that if I didn't get out of my corporate life um, I was probably going to die okay and that's a pretty stark awareness to come to when you're in your mid-30s which I was at the time, I'm sure. and so, um, you know, I had I had a good job, um, which all men have been raised in our country, you know, grow up, get a good job, make a good living, be yeah. a good dad and husband and provide and, you know, get a nice house and 2.4 cars and 3.8 dogs, and, you know, <laughs> then you're a good man, and yes. Um, Other than the 3.8 dogs, I had pulled all that off Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by the time I was 35, but you know, the price tag was included um, becoming a workaholic, Mm -hmm. being estranged from my kids, not in my heart, but because I was a workaholic That when I came home, I would connect with them, but not really deeply connected. Sure. Yeah. Um, And um, I was so unhappy. And I also had gone from, you know, being a guy that weighed on average about 155 pounds, um, I got up to 285 by the time I was 35.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you look at me now, of course, none of you can see me, but Tomas can. Um, I've, i I'm no longer that man. Yes, and yeah, so I can
0: vouch for that. Jeff yeah. does not weigh 285 pounds, ladies and gentlemen. No, no.
1: So, <laughs> um, so there were a series. I don't want to spoil the chapter, but I'll just say that you know, one story talks about. How my body broke down, life broke down, and I really realized I had no choice but to get out of my corporate deal. Okay. And I knew I had found or refound what I wanted to really do, but the terror of letting go of a steady paycheck and, you know, uh, quote unquote security. Mm-hmm. And back then I really didn't know anything about attachment, the way Buddhists will talk about attachment. Yeah. Um, God only knows what my life would have been if I'd gone Buddhist in my 30s. But anyway, so part of the chapter is about how that all went through you know, a very big breakdown mm-hmm. that was very public. And then um, the second part is about what happens. What happened for me, and I've seen this happen for many others. The thing that a lot of people, I believe, don't realize is that there are a lot of people who want a spiritual life or a spiritual path mm-hmm. because they have this misconception. That that will be easier and harmonious and joyful, and that all their problems will be over. Um, which you know now, people like that have their own category called spiritual bypassers. And yeah. I started out as a spiritual bypasser. Oh, I, I got gotcha. you. Know that okay. at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the other part of the, my chapter in the book. Um, really talks about how that misconception that if I'm, you know, just do spiritual practice and want it bad enough, um, that it would be pretty easy and I'd hit some nirvanic mountaintop relatively quickly. And then I won't have any more anxiety, distress, worries about money, but, you know, all that bullshit. And so um, in 2000, when we moved from California to Colorado, um, everything looked and felt very, very spiritually guided and directed. And I thought, oh my god, in just a few short years, I have mastered this thing. And then it all disintegrated within. Mm A couple three months okay and so i share about how that happened and what i went through to get through you know to wake up yeah and um and that included a time this time of year where i was ready to leave the planet okay it's like i'm out can't Mm. do it can't cut it And um, how by the grace of the divine and a really, really dear friend of ours, um, I came out the other side. And that's that's part of my journey. There's been other stuff since then, but Mm -hmm. none of it has, well, that's not true. There's one part that was harder than that, but um, that was probably one of the top two hardest periods I've gone through so sure. far yeah and it taught me what I'm what any of us are capable of getting through even when our mm. egos are telling us no you won't
0: yes yeah exactly and this is true of all people is that we have capabilities of getting through we have a perseverance a resilience and a will that is a lot greater than we often think of it. Uh, it's it's more and more power. And so, as Jeff, as you said, without spoiling the entire chapter, I want to invite the listeners to pick up a copy of Breakdown to Wake Up, Journey Beyond the Now, in that you can find not only Jeff's chapter, but my own, my business partner Lisa Berry's, my friend Jocelyn Bellows, our friend Arlene Wallace, and 15 other I think there are 15 or 16 authors from around the world, each with a profound, and I do mean guys, profound transformational story. Once again, the title of this compilation is Breakdown to Wake Up, Journey Beyond the Now. It's available right now in paperback and eBooks. So I highly, highly recommend it. It's very, very inspirational reading and it's not for the faint of heart, which is good because this show's not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Hell no, like, hell no. Uh,
1: yeah, the uh, the faint of heart have a much bigger struggle. And you know, when you were sh- when you were saying what you yeah. just shared, it you were talking about you know there is an inherent resilience. And I I think about the fact that yes, we all have a native. Um, strength and, and capacity for persevering, enduring, you know, history is full of stories like that, but I'm also drawn, maybe because it's the holidays when we're recording this, that um, I have a friend who just lost a younger brother, oh who was in his mid-30s, who struggled with substances from adolescence on, and it killed him. He wasn't able to tap into that resilience, wasn't able to tap into that strength. Um, So I share that to say that, yes, we all have that. But going back to your earlier comment about it's a choice, it's a decision, Happiness, a successful relationship, and getting through addiction or other struggles—it starts with a choice. Yeah. That without mm-hmm. that choice, don't be fooled. It can take you out and off.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're absolutely correct. It can it can take you out, take you off, and it starts. With a choice. So once again, guys, I highly, Jeff and I highly recommend that you check this book out Breakdown to Wake Up Journey Beyond the Now. Now, Jeff, there's one more item that I'm very curious about that we mentioned in the intro here, and that is your work with men. There have been a number of guests and a number of requests actually coming in from listeners for more information on this topic. So I'm really excited to have a a discussion about this. You're involved with a global community called the Evolving Man. So what, what kind of work do you do with men specifically?
1: Well, you know, I. I think when I was a bit younger and more cavalier, I'd say um, I could summarize the work in the sentence, well, we help men wake the fuck up. All right. <laughs> and uh, then I realized that maybe I wasn't as awake as this guy wanted to think I was. So there's more, <laughs> <laughs> there's more humility, genuine humility in saying that what what we do and the we, I have a, a partner in that work named Mark Johnson. And okay. what Mark and I do is we're helping men live authentic, spirit-led lives. Okay, yeah. So we, we help men get clear, first of all, um, what is actually, who are they at their most authentic? Because all of us, um, mm-hmm. I mean, all people, but men, we have our own flavor. Um, we believe whatever our ego tells us that about who we are and what we can do, what we can't, what we like, what we don't. Yeah. And so the first thing we do for men that any men who come to us, they come because they're wanting fellowship, they're wanting community, because they realize that you know they're they've kind of been lone rangers and they're feeling lonely yeah. and they don't really have um, anywhere near enough other perspectives to even assess how screwed up am I really? Or am I right where I ought to be for my age, et cetera? So we help them separate out their, what we call their false narrative about themselves. Okay. This is where inner child stuff also comes in handy because yeah. that's all created from our childhood. Then once they start getting their hands around who they actually are and always have been then we help them get clear what their purpose is their life purpose their soul's purpose right and how to start actually living that in every part of their life more from leading from their beingness rather Mm -hmm. than the doing yeah and then we have a third level where um, it gets very intense and intensive, where we work with them on dramatically increasing their personal leadership and also life mastery in other areas. And that's a much more coaching intensive. So, okay. Uh, did that answer your question? It it clearly? did,
0: of, yes, it did. Uh, and I have follow-ups, of of course.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so uh,
0: this sounds like it's quite a process. So when a man seeks out um, seeks out your guidance, you and Mark and this mm-hmm. group, it sounds like um, it's quite a, a process with stages. So how long would one expect to work with you, uh,
1: more or less? Well, you know, in in the group. Um and we also do one-on-one coaching for men, you know, okay. in I do relationship coaching for men, Mark does executive oriented coaching. Oh, I gotcha. Um, okay. and then we both work together with men on um elements of masculinity and working with masculine feminine polarity issues. Okay. But mm-hmm. to answer your other question. You know, I started the community before we were The Evolving Man. I started it 13 years ago.
0: Ah.
1: And a lot of the men who began with me back then, they were involved for anywhere from three to about eight years. And then I'd say of our current group of men, Uh, we have one guy who's been in the community for nine years Mm -hmm. and, um, and since Mark and I combined forces and created the nonprofit, the evolving man, we have guys that are, um, in our entry level group that usually is a year or two. Then when they move up to our intermediate level group. Um, that can be another couple, three years. Okay. I mean, men are free to come and go whenever they sure. want, but sure. in, but we are providing enough value, and the relationships that are getting built are creating enough value for the men that they just naturally tend to stay. <laughs> so it could be it could be a couple years. It could be some men find out it's not for them, and they're out in a few months. So, you know, it, it can be a long time.
0: Okay. Yeah. And well, and the word that comes up for me is community. And I think that's something that so many people, men and women, and, and in this case, men, are really missing. I mean, you, oh, you said it right. The culture wants us to be the Lone Ranger. Right. And it's a lot of responsibility. So this is uh, this is something that's very, very, very helpful for the entire world this yeah. kind of community for sure
1: well and part of you know part of what inspired it for me mm. parenthetically is i knew a lot of women that had women's groups yeah yeah and they would talk about you know what what they got out of having them right and you know i I didn't like men. I didn't feel at home with men. I didn't know how to talk to other men because I was raised by women. And (laughs) um, I went to a men's weekend where I got to spend two and a half days with about 80 men and saw a level of support and a level of ferocity in terms of calling bullshit on each other
0: oh yes and
1: Mm -hmm. and loving i mean the love i felt in that weekend from and towards other men i that was like a whole new world and i've never looked back and i've been doing it it with other men ever since cool it's been 20 years so we need we need we need other brothers to be able to get raw and real with. Yeah. Um, otherwise we buy our own bullshit.
0: Right. Yeah. Get it, the getting raw and real component, I think is, is really, really important. So if someone were interested in finding out more about the evolving man and working with you, how would, uh, Jeff, how would, they, how would they find more information here?
1: Well, interestingly enough, they could go to www.theevolvingman.com. All right. And um, then people that might wanna connect around the relationship work, then that website is um, yourrelationshiparchitect.com. Okay. And I have a YouTube channel by that same name, Your Relationship Architect. Um, lots of video content up there that people can make use of. Um, and if people want to reach out more personally, my email is Jeff, G E O F F, at yourrelationshiparchitect.com or Jeff at the All
0: right. I love this. Thank you so much. And we'll re- repeat this here. The work with men, the men's project is the Evolving Man. So the website is theevolvingman.com. And also, Jeff can be re- reached at yourrelationshiparchitect, all one word, .com. YouTube, um, the YouTube channel, yourrelationshiparchitect, and Jeff, G E O F F, at yourrelationshiparchitect.com dot com so all different ways that people can reach you yeah. this is wonderful yeah and it, it's it's such important work for for all people for for men and women and i i really thank you for taking the time today to tell us more about this and your own personal journey and the impact of it on you jeff this has been such a pleasure here today
1: well thank you that, that's for me as well and I appreciate you inviting me and wanting to hear more. Absolutely,
0: you're you're most welcome, it's my pleasure. I I love to give people a forum to talk about who they are and and what is important to them. So Jeff, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to add for our listeners today?
1: Hmm. Yeah. you know, I don't know when this will air, but it what's most top of mind that is particularly relevant to the holidays here, um, but it's also important year round. Is this year has created so much suffering and separation and division? Yeah. And I I just wanna make a plea for taking the time each day to remember what you're most grateful for and who you're most grateful for. Use that as an opportunity to refill yourself with warmth and love and compassion And then go give it away and share it with other people, particularly the people who are lonely, alone, and feeling like they're not worth being loved um, and may also be going hungry or worse. Look for opportunities to be of service and that will fill your soul and your heart as much as you could ever hope for.
0: I love that. Yeah, it's a, it's a timeless message of gratitude and sharing, which is yep. all of our job to give thanks and then extend love extend compassion and for the listener we're recording this on December 21st 2020 and um, if you're listening to this three years from now you'll know from the history books that this was during the COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 has been a wild year to say the least (laughs) that's a polite term yes it's the polite term and you can think of all kinds of impolite terms (laughs) if you'd like (laughs) and we would agree so jeff thank you so much this has been such a pleasure thank you again for joining me here today
1: you're very welcome thank you tamas have a good holiday
0: you too thank you and listeners have a great holiday and a happy new year and we'll see you back here again this has been decide to transform everyone have a great day thank you for listening